Welcome back to Snares Book Prep Uncovered, the podcast where we talk to staff, pupils and parents to understand more about life at the school. Each episode I'm joined by Ralph Dalton, head teacher at the school, and together we speak to a guest, so it's a bit of a three-way conversation. Now for future episodes, we'd love to hear from you to understand who you would like us to bring on to talk to. This podcast comes from Snares Book Prep, but it's kind of your podcast because you're the people listening to it. But for the moment, in this episode, which I think you're going to like, we're going to talk to the head at Forest School, although the correct terminology at that school is the warden, not the head. His name is Marcus Hodges. But before we do that, Ralph, how are you today? Yeah, I'm, I'm great today. Thank you very much. It's, uh, yeah, it's, been a, it's been a lovely day. I'm here in my office. Sun's out. Um, excited to, uh, to chat. And we're right Good at day. the end of term as well. You're looking forward to the end of term, summertime? Um, it's still, it's still too far away for me. I mean, it isn't <laughs> most, I, I always tell the story. I don't know if this is the place to do this. I'm going to tell it anyway. You can edit it out. Um, I always tell the story of, uh, I run the, I ran the London marathon, not very well, but I did do it. And then the following week I did a, a, a short five mile run. And I swear to, I swear to you that five mile run was as hard as the week before when I'd run 26 miles. Really? And that was, be- yes, because from mile one, I was thinking, isn't this over yet? It's only going to, it's only, it's only four miles. And I, th- and I just thought it's all about looking up too early. And the mm. same is true, um, I think, at school. Is if you look up and start counting down the days, mm. They, mm. They, seem, it's, they seem to get longer. It's a bit like, I guess, a watched pot never boils yeah. or a... Yeah. You know, watched app never <laughs> okay. downloads. Okay, well, let's bring it back to Marcus for a second. What do you know about Forest School, and uh, what do you know about Marcus as well? I don't actually. What, what I don't know a lot about Marcus, so it'd be interesting to uh, to, to find out about him. Um, I know. I mean, he's been he's been at the school um, a long time. Yes. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know a lot. My my knowledge of Forest. I mean, again. Uh, I don't know where to start in terms of, I mean, so I don't know if I need to declare my wife used to work at Forest School. Um, okay. Uh, and my brother-in-law went to Forest School and my father-in-law went to Forest School. Oh, right. Um, okay. But, I mean, they're, they're all incidental. They weren't connected at all. Um, mm. But, I mean, it does, I suppose it does give a, a long-term perspective. So, and in terms of being a teacher on a professional level you know I've been working with children since 2008 who have been going to forest school so it's been interesting watching them go mm-hmm. through forest school you know seeing them in, in year three when I taught them um, mm-hmm. you know not at forest school but then they went at 11 to mm-hmm. forest school and they've now got on to university so that's been interesting but um, mm-hmm. yeah so I, I have an outsider's view of mm-hmm. forest school mm-hmm. and of course they recently announced a big change that's coming up for I think it's September 2022, going completely co-ed. So it'd be good to ask him about that as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's a um, a big change, big change. Okay, well, should we bring him in now? Is now a good time to bring in Marcus? I think it's a great time. All right, okay. Well, let's do that right now. Marcus, welcome to this week's uh, episode of the podcast. How are you today? I'm great, thank you. I've had a, a lovely day. We've uh, managed to do two things today, have a prize giving, but not in the normal organisational sense, because what we've had to do under the guidance is actually bring in to my office individual pupils. We have a chat with them, with the head of section and give them their prizes and they walk out of the French windows at the end of my office, which has been lovely. And then this afternoon, we've also managed to uh, do sports day. So we've had the whole school 
down on the park in individual house zones and that's been a wonderful atmosphere so actually it's been a really good day and it's felt rather normal. And I imagine that this time last year you weren't able to run sports day is that right? That's right no we couldn't run anything at all actually and the, and the term just petered out uh, uh, under lockdown and lots of pupils had not been in school since March so it was a, a fairly miserable end of the year and today the sun is shining and hmm. uh, hopefully we're emerging slowly from um, the restrictions that have governed school life for the past 18 months. I think it's one of those things isn't it where we start to appreciate more and more these things that are coming back online again and those things we took for granted for such, for such a long time and now we're starting to enjoy them and appreciate them a little bit more. But uh, Marcus it sounds to me like you're talking to us from your office at school just give us a little breakdown as to sort of where you are and how your your world is looking today. Uh, well I'm, physically I'm here in the middle of the school actually I'm very lucky to have an office that looks at uh, uh, the front of school and so actually all day I see pupils walking backwards and forwards and of course we have pupils um, from 4 to 18 so I know also that uh, the four-year-olds have been rehearsing uh, the Jungle Book or a version of the Jungle Book so various characters from the Jungle Book <laughs> are about two feet tall have been walking past my window all day so that's been delightful as well. Ralph, is this the kind of thing you see at Snaresbrook as well? Yeah, actually, my day's been full of... Um, we, it's our activities uh, week we put on instead of the residential because we weren't entirely sure how to cope with that. So the children have been off-site. But today they were uh, rafting and doing one of those aqua bounce things. It's one of those assault, you know, inflatable assault courses in the in a lake. So up to about 45 minutes ago, I was, I was in a lake um, sort of lifeguarding to some degree. Um, so yeah, no, it's been never a dull day in primary education. <laughs> um, Marcus, I wonder whether you can just give us uh, a little breakdown as to sort of what you do at Forest and how long you've been there for as well. Mm. Well, I've been at Forest for 15 years now and I came as a, a deputy head, although at Forest we call them deputy wardens. And then uh, five years ago I was appointed head, so I'm now the warden. Uh, that's, uh, that's my title and um, so we're a big school we have a, a, a pre-prep a prep school senior school and my job is to oversee uh, all of those sections of the school and obviously there's, there's a leadership team and other people running different aspects of them so my, my uh, job is very much about um, keeping the whole school ethos and the whole school um, strategy and all our agendas and providing a first-class education for um, what what amounts to 1,400 pupils. Okay, gosh, that's, that's a good size, isn't it? Tell us a little bit about the history of the warden term. How come it's warden as opposed to head? It's a, it's a very Victorian term, actually. I think there's about 15 schools in the country where there's still a warden. And, of course, most people that arrive at the school think I'm in charge of the traffic <laughs> or a prison. And, uh, there may be days when that feels vaguely familiar, but um, it's actually a, a, a Victorian term for headmaster. And how would you summarise your school if you needed to sort of, you know, people talk sometimes about an elevator pitch. If you needed to summarise your school into a couple of sentences, which words would you choose? Um, big, busy, buzzy um, community. Um, I, I, we use the words uh, humane and open-minded in our in our. Um, in our discourse at school um, and what that really means is we're really interested in the development of, of people they're here to of course do academic work 
uh, but we are really interested in, in them growing up. And if you have pupils who join us, some of them at four and leave at 18, they do their growing up at Forest. So uh, we try to create an educational provision and offering that gives people so many opportunities inside the classroom, but equally outside the classroom uh, to prepare them for adulthood, not just to prepare them for A-level results today, but to give them the best chance of living, hopefully fulfilling, useful, happy lives as adults. And the other thing is we are a comparatively diverse community, which is fantastic. So one of the, the best opportunities we can offer pupils is to come here and be part of a big, diverse community where there's no one type of pupil. Uh, all our pupils are bright, sparky, ambitious. They don't come from any one background, faith or culture. And that's something we absolutely celebrate and uh, really enjoy about being a forest. And tell me what it means to be humane and open-minded. What's that all about? Where did that come from? And, and how does that actually look in everyday school life? I think it comes from our ethos and values. So Forrest uh, values certain characteristics and um, certain values. And those would include things like learning and hard work and responsibility and diversity and growth and well-being. And um, so the way we organise the school and what we provide, the opportunities we provide for our pupils inside and outside the classroom, as I said, uh, allows them to engage with and uh, develop these sorts of characteristics. Um, so we feel very much that we are a really, really good, outstanding all-round school. And um, just to give you a couple of examples, uh, I've talked to people today who uh, had managed to get some work experience. Um, and when they came back to school, the person they'd been working for phoned up and said, we really enjoyed having X pupil, this pupil. Mm. Uh, there was something about them. They were, they were typical forest uh, people. There was something about them. And it's that something about them that forest adds to them in their time here that comes from them being part of this community, being really busy and uh, really enjoying the fact that um, you know, a good community is its people. Yeah, and Marcus, I, was, I, don't know, I don't know how you'll feel about what I'm about to say, but I always feel when I've visited Forest, I always get the sense of a, a campus feel. It's a very busy environment in, in a nice way, like you use the word buzzy. I, I don't know, is, is, is that, would you say that's a, an accurate description? I mean, is that, a, a, is that this community? I don't know, it feels like a very lively place. Yeah, it is. It's frene yeah, frenetic is another word that we use. <laughs> yeah. uh, we pack a lot in. It's possibly a, uh, a sort of leftover culture from once upon a time being a boarding school. And we mm. still try and pack everything maybe a boarding school does into a sort of nine to five or rather an 8.30 to, to four or an 8.30 to six. Um, so yeah, and, and one of the things we sort of promote is the idea that if you want something doing, ask a busy person because they will mm. be engaged, they will be energized. Um, and that's how we want our pupils to be. And I remember talking to a mother uh, recently of a year seven child who started at Forest and after the first week, um, this was back in September. Um, she said her child had come home, came through the front door, and she said to the child, you know, would you like something to eat? And the child said, yeah, I'll just go and put my things upstairs. And then it went very quiet and mum came out and she got, the girl had got as far as the landing and fallen asleep. She was so tired. And mum said, well, do you think that's a bad thing? I said, no, I think that's a good thing. She's had an action packed week. 
and um, is obviously really throwing herself into the life of the school. So, yeah. I always get the sense that Forrest puts more, and I don't know why I say this, I put more effort into that co-curricular provision and has maybe more pride in its co-curricular provision than I get a sense from some other schools. I don't know. I don't know. Again, if you think that's fair or maybe whether that's just... You know. I think that's true, yeah. I mean, if, when schools talk about their curriculum, if I talk about the forest curriculum, I include all those learning opportunities that happen through the extensive co-curricular mm-hmm. programme that we offer. And they are learning opportunities, as well as being fun, as well as being challenging. Um, but that's where children learn those sorts of characteristics that I was talking about earlier. And those mm-hmm. are the things that we know will take them further in life than a just having a set of grades. You obviously need good grades, you will get good grades in the forest. Um, but the things that are really going to take you further in life um, aren't always written down on a piece of paper. So on your website, you know, the, the term all-round excellence, is that what that phrase is trying to encapsulate or is there more to that phrase as well? Yes, yeah, so that um, at Forest, if you have a, you know, a, double, a games afternoon or an activities afternoon, that that is as valuable a learning opportunity as when you're in double physics earlier in the day or in, in a Latin lesson or in a science lab or um, these things matter. And so I, I know possibly at some schools that, you know, Wednesday afternoon is a sort of traditional games afternoon and uh, it's there to have some fresh air and do something different and get out of the classroom. Actually, for us, we look at the what the, all those activities and opportunities actually contribute to a child's development because they clearly do. Marcus, tell us a little bit about how quickly children tend to settle in if they join in, say, year seven or year nine. How long does it take for them to, you know, make friends and, you know, feel comfortable when talking to the teachers and that kind of thing? Uh, not very long at all, actually. And, and the reason for that is, again, they we get them busy. So they don't need to stand around sort of wanting who to talk to because they are doing things from the moment they're here. And the other thing is that our careful induction program is geared to the, on the fact that um, most children come to Forest uh, and they don't know anybody before they come. So our catchment area is huge. In our current year seven, which uh, amounts to about 170 pupils, those pupils come from at least 80 different schools. So most people arriving at Forest don't know anyone or maybe know one person or Whatever. But uh, we start on the basis that people won't know each other and therefore our welcome morning, which we had, um, have to ha- had to have online this year, but uh, we had uh, a couple of weeks ago. But they then come in in year seven, I'm talking now, um, before term actually starts to have a day by themselves on the school site to find their way around. Um, they have what we call a bonding trip. So they will go out as a year group uh, to one of these sort of activity centres where hopefully they'll get very wet and muddy and get to know each other out there, which I think is what Ralph's been doing today. (laughs) And parents come in uh, several times in the first three weeks. Um, So generally, um, they will settle very quickly and they will be very, that's because they'll be busy very quickly. Mark, I'm sort of, I'm worried that we might be painting um, just a one-dimensional portrait of Forest because I mean I think you know the the academic aspirations of Forest are also very very high too aren't they and I know you, you know you stress it is part of the all-round education but I think it's important that that parents understand that academic excellence is also part of the Forest tradition. Oh yes I absolutely want to stress that 
you know, forest pupils are still spending, you know, up to 300 minutes a day in a classroom. That's, that's where they spend most of their time. Uh, and that's where they will um, develop hugely as learners in a, in a forest classroom. Um, and we have, you know, big year groups, big cohorts, as, as we've said. Um, but the academic ballpark that we're working in is, is a, very, a very good one. So just one example, um, last time we had formal exams, if we remember those, uh, back in 2019. Um, at QCSE, for instance, we have, so we have, say, 160 pupils. They're all sitting uh, at least nine GCSEs, so that's roughly 1,400 individual GCSEs sat by our year 11 in 2019. And 75% of those were double A star, A star, or A, or nine, eight, yeah. seven in new currency. So that's a pretty good ballpark for a big cohort of pupils. Um, and that means of those 1,400 grades, I think if my maths is correct, that 1,050 of them were double A star, A star or A. That's, uh, you know, that's to be proud of. We're very proud of that. And I think, I mean, again, as, a, as an outsider looking in over the last sort of five years, I think one thing that really has impressed me is Forrest's um, approach or dedication to teaching and learning I think it's a, a you know as, as, as staff it, again it features on your uh, there's a again on, in the prospectus or the website the um, you know getting children to understand what what their journey is um, getting them responsible for it but also just yeah just all of that I don't know whether you want to speak more about the approach you take internally and the, and the dedication to children's learning yes I think in certainly in my time as, as head we've we've had a big um uh, if you like, look at our teaching and learning. We've, did, um, we've gained a lot of, I think, academic momentum in the last five years. One of the shames is actually that the the two um, year groups, or rather, I should say, the four year groups who did not have exams last year, this year, by all our tracking, um, would have posted very, very good public exam results. They've obviously got good uh, tags and CAGs, as they've been called this year and last year. Um, but there's real academic momentum here and we've done a lot of work on what the classroom at Forest looks like, uh, the mindset required to be in that classroom, uh, ensuring that pupils know how they can make the best possible progress, obviously the how uh, teachers uh, understanding even better how what really impacts in the classroom and what doesn't. And um, which is one of the reasons why recently we've decided um, to move to co-educational teaching throughout the whole school because previously we've been what's called a diamond structure school so uh, our pupils go from 4 to 18 but from 7 to 16 uh, for the last 40 years they've actually been taught separately at Forest now uh, taught by the same teachers in the same classrooms just not at the same time and um, I say that was a historical construct uh, we worked that really well it evolved in lots of ways but we're living in different times now with different demands on young people. And our feeling is that actually that model has had its time. Mm. And of course, it's not, it's not a radical move to suddenly put boys and girls in the classroom together. Uh, far from it. But uh, we want to take that opportunity. And the reason, I guess, for doing it now is that we see opportunities to create a classroom environment from September 2022, where not only are are pupils getting the traditional excellent academic uh, knowledge and skills, 
But again, by having that slightly more diverse classroom, that slightly more inclusive classroom, that they can also continue to um, have opportunities to work more collaboratively, uh, to develop their social skills, their communication skills, their emotional intelligence, all of those things. And uh, that's really the educational rationale for the change that we've made uh, in the course of this term for mm. September 2022. Marcus, do you think the diamond model is uh, something that should change in all schools? Or do you think that simply being completely co-educational at Forest is just the right move for your school? Uh, personally speaking, uh, I think all schools. It doesn't mean there aren't some very, very good single-sex schools. I'm not saying that at all. There are mm. some very, very good single-sex schools. Of course there are. Uh, but um, at the moment, if you think of it in these terms, when our pupils come through the gates in the morning, uh, based purely on biological sex, we say, right, you're a boy, you go over there to that classroom, you're a girl, you go over there to that classroom. And that suggests somehow that we are identifying some sort of difference uh, and that they are going to go into separate classrooms and be taught differently or learn differently. And what we know from research irrefutably is that um, uh, the, the within groups of boys or within groups of girls uh, is the full range of uh, different learning styles, different learning capabilities. And there is no impact in separating boys and girls. But actually far from that, in my view, in this day and age, um, that's become, if you like, a barrier to the development of a more diverse, inclusive classroom environment, which um, if our job, as we say it is, is to prepare pupils for, um, you know, yeah. the world of adult work and the world of adult relationships and lives, um, we're denying them the opportunity to develop those skills. And those are skills that need teaching, they need learning, they need practicing. Um, and that's about things like, you know, empowering boys and girls to negotiate really productively discussions, debates, um, to actually work with each other collaboratively. So we hope very much that in that co-educational classroom, we would take the opportunity to set up more collaborative tasks, um, group assessments, and again, some of those characteristics and learning behaviours that, that we think will really benefit pupils in the world as it is now, as opposed to 40 years ago when the Dharma structure here was, uh, you know, started. Yeah. Just a question, um, a sort of, I know a lot of parents, my you know, parents from children at my school will, all, will always ask me about is sort of the entrance exams and, you know, how, how, how should they best prepare their child um, for the entrance exam. So I don't know, Marcus, if you know, it'd be great to hear from you, you know, when you're asked that question, what, what do you typically say to parents? Mm. Well, it was increasingly, and, and particularly when we had to run the whole admissions process online this year, we put more store by our interviews, our meetings with pupils, our meetings with parents, all of which were online. So on the interview and, and certainly more uh, emphasis on the references that we receive from yourself in terms of Snazbrook, but, but all the other schools. Mm. And uh, yes, uh, people sat an exam, um, but we were acutely aware that they were sitting an exam after many of them had not been in school for many weeks, if not months. Uh, they'd not had the same sort of um, uh, educational experience that they would have had normally. And that's, of course, made us uh, think as to 
what sort of uh, assessment we want. Do we just want pupils to, to be uh, prepped for an exam? Um, when actually, of course, what we'd really like is to meet children and see uh, and try and see what potential they have and particularly what potential they have to thrive at Forest as opposed to any other good school around. So we want people choosing Forest because they like our distinct offering yeah. um, and, and largely they do. So I think uh, probably all schools are, are considering uh, the best way to assess uh, pupils at um, say in year six. Um, but um, as I hope I've sort of begun to convey, we're we're looking for sort of all you know people who are going to contribute beyond the classroom as well as in the classroom. A pupil here, they had a, an offer from a couple of schools, and they chose um, Forest because they said they really enjoyed the interview and enjoyed that mm. um, that time with with the teacher that was interviewing them. And uh, so I, th- I think that's Good. I don't know. Hopefully that's that speaks positively of the experience too. That it is a positive experience. Yes, no, good. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. And um, you know, I know the reality is, that, particularly from parental point of view, that the admissions process to independent schools is seen as very competitive, and um, we all know a lot of tutoring goes on and so on. But in the end, you know, we want people choosing Forest, and because of the the bigger numbers uh, that we offer, you know, we're looking for at least eighty boys and eighty girls. That's a big number of pupils, mm. um, which is great. So that although sometimes the again the num sometimes the numbers uh, sitting exams may look intimidating to to parents, but actually most of the people applying are applying to many schools, uh, you know, often three, four, five schools. Um, and my view is still that that if if the the feeder school if Snazbrook knows its pupils, which it does, um, and they are of the right sort of um, uh, level for Forest, you've got a very good chance of getting in. Yeah, because you mentioned tutoring, and I think one of the things that concerns me is the pressure put on children. Uh, one of the things that concerns me is parents, if I'm being frank, often wasting money on mm. tutoring, often, I believe, being done by some people who shouldn't be doing it. They don't know what they're doing. Um, I don't know if you would agree with this, but I always say to parents, look, you know, whatever you do as the baseline, you know, those assessments are there for a reason. And whatever you do to make that baseline that's what you're committing to for that or committing that child to for the rest of their school mm. you know so if you're putting the, you know if you're putting an extra hour every day into you know this passing this test then you're committing to that extra hour for the entire the entirety of their academic career which probably isn't in the child's best interest i think you hit on a good point there you know that we we certainly see children who you know, to use a phrase of hit their ceiling through tutoring and uh, have reached a sort of level. Um, but that's been, a, you know, an acutely supported mm. level in a very narrow sense. And as exactly as you say, that if children are going to be in a secondary school for seven years, they need to be very comfortable. They're comfortable with the academic pace, comfortable with the ethos, comfortable with the uh, academic focus and so on. Um, and it's far more important in the end uh, that your child is in a school where they're going to be happy mm. and where they can enjoy good well-being because from that will come good academics and good everything else not if you like the other way around is my view yeah I've worked with several people that have gone on to Forest and um, thoroughly enjoyed their time and have 
really made the most of it. Um, and even, um, you know, I know some who are much older now, but it really did change their, their life chances, you know, in terms of, you know, what they've gone on to do subsequently. So, well, that's great to hear. I mean, the, the, the only pupils I ever worry about are the ones who aren't doing anything beyond their sort of lessons. You think, well, why not? Why wouldn't you when all this stuff is going on around you? Mm. Yeah. Uh, this is all going to add to you. So I'm delighted to hear that uh, you, you know, you've, you've, your pupils have thrived here. That's great. Marcus, we need well, to bring this to a close in a moment. But for anyone who's heard anything and might want to connect with the school, what's the best way to find the school mm. online? Just our website, Forest School. And we have admissions teams uh, and very friendly people at the end of the phones or, or online. And of course, we run full um, admission cycle of events. Obviously, we're hoping in September, we have a massive open day in September and um, we hope lots of people will come to that. And then all through the year, we have admission events uh, for different ages and stages. And uh, But the best thing is to come here and um, meet our pupils. Okay, but a starting point, forest.org.uk. I think that's your website. Yep, it is. Excellent. Okay, well, thank you very much for being here today, Mark. It's been great talking to you and thank you for opening up the world of Forest School to, to us and to everyone listening to this. No, it's a pleasure. And thank you for inviting me. Thank you, Marcus. Thanks, Ralph. Bye-bye for now. So, Ralph, that was Marcus from Forest. Uh, did that go as you thought it would go? Oh, I'm, I'm so... Before I, mean, I even answer that, I'm just so grateful for Marcus for giving up his time. I mean, as you can imagine, running a school as large as that um, is... Particularly at the moment... I mean, at any time, it's the demands on your time are... Um, numerous and at the moment with everything going on they're numerous you know lots of events have had to be changed recently mm. just you know short notice and as he said he'd also done prize giving and sports, sports day. day so I'm just really mm. um, really grateful to him for sharing his time with us but it is a big school and there's a lot going on you know he, he mentioned the word busy quite a few times um, I mean you know when you see those uh, like I don't know films uh, like American high schools in films mm, and there's yeah. lots of people sitting around and they're they I don't know there's there's one club sitting on one bench and they're doing something and there's I don't yeah. know somebody break dance I I've never seen break dancing <laughs> at forest I should I should I should stress oh this is going terribly it's going terribly the forest are going to be on the phone to me saying what did you say about our school uh, but there are just there are groups of children mm-hmm. being productive being engaged in um, activities, you know, that you would see in a classroom, um, you know, whether it, but it, you know, it might be a, a sporting act. You'll see on the field there'll be sports going on. There'll mm. be you can hear the music going on. You can see groups of children sort of playing chess, or you know, just in the library. And they they've got a fantastic. Um, they don't call it a library. They've got this fantastic sort of centre, and it, and it really just it always reminds me of of these the images we see of American high schools um, mm. on film. So, mm. yes, yeah, certainly, certainly busy and certainly lots of um, activity going on and learning outside the classroom. And I do think, I do worry that Marcus underplayed the academic nature of Forrest. You know, it, I think it'd be very easy to come away from that interview thinking, well, that's that's great, but what do they, you know, you know, what do they do in the classroom? Um, and they do mm. plenty in the classroom too. Mm. Um, 
but then I often feel for for school staff, whether it's a head or anyone in a marketing team, because sometimes they, I can tell that they feel like if they talk about the academic side of things, then people come away with an impression that they're not caring or nurturing. Yeah. And if they talk about caring and nurturing, people think that, well, you, you can send your children there, but you're not going to get very good grades. It's 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 a natural reaction for I think for school staff to feel that way. But no, no, so true because I, I feel the same. You know, I, the, the, for me, the academic aspiration, the the care taken um, in relation to the academic outcomes is almost a given. Hmm. That, that that is a given. So we talk about you know the care and you know the whole child and all those things. Um, so you're, you're absolutely right. But I think, again, when I think of Forrest, they have been so interested over the last couple of years in terms of, like I said in the interview, you know, when we were talking to Marcus, the focus on their, their teaching and learning. Um, they actually have a a room. I hope they don't mind me saying this. I don't think it's a secret. But they have a room with a, a, a one-way mirror so that they can, as teachers, they can observe a class and people teaching and then they can use what they learn in that space in their own lessons and um, I mean that's that's I don't know of any other school in the local area doing that they also were again I'm going to say the first in the area I don't know if that's true apologies to the others if I'm wrong and I'm, I'm happily correct it um, but they, they certainly very early on they, they instituted or they, they brought about one of these sort of extra uh, like a dissertation so for A-level students they could do a dissertation before they went to university so that idea oh, okay. of independent study skill they right. brought that in very early on that's been running you know, for a number of years now, and I think they've extended it. I might be wrong. I think they extended it to sort of GCSE age as well as a preparation okay. for that that next mm. bigger project. Mm. Um, so, and and they did that very on a bit long before um, or before other schools were doing things like that. Mm. And again, mm. in terms of their their lockdown um, learning, you know, I'd almost go as far as to say as I sort of took inspiration um, from their ambition as what they we're going to try and achieve very early on. So there's a lot that's perhaps unseen by parents um, that centres around, you know, good academic outcomes, which mm. I do look at and I think, oh, that's interesting. What are they doing? You know, um, mm. what can I learn from that? So mm. Mm. Um, no, it's all very interesting. But I think we need to bring this episode to a close now. But for anyone listening to this who might want to get to know the school at a deeper level, then don't forget to check out Snaresbrook Prep on social whether it's twitter or facebook you can just search on snaresbook prep and also to stay up to date with the next episode that's coming out soon then be sure to follow this podcast channel and that just means that when the next episode does come out you get a small notification which means you don't miss it but until then thank you for listening to this episode thank you for listening to marcus from forest uh, and to me and to ralph of course and uh, we'll catch up with you in the next episode but in the meantime bye for now and ralph do you want to say goodbye as well <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Goodbye for now. <laughs> Bye for now. Bye-bye.